Welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday. Uh, initially, we were thinking we'd have to uh, soothe the souls of a uh, tortured sports fans who uh, had to deal with their team taking an L over the weekend. Some of y'all's teams did take an L, uh, but around these parts, we're celebrating the Longhorns getting a win over K-State. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys did not play. Well, Texans played earlier last week, so uh, we didn't have to worry about the Texans, but the Cowboys were on a bye week, so we'll get to talk about some of the headlines coming out of the bye week for the Cowboys. Always headlines surrounding the Cowboys, even coming out of the bye week. We'll get to that. Uh, we also have uh, Harsh Knock Life coming up next. And what you got for the people Coming up on Harsh Knock Life. I'm going to give a salute to our man Dusty Baker. That's right. Yeah, Dusty like Baker, who's been around the game for quite some time. He's seen baby. a lot. He's seen a lot. Mm-hmm. Now he gets to party like a rock star. I like that. Have you yeah. heard Zay's Dusty Baker impersonation? Oh it is obviously cartoonish <laughs> and it's a caricature, but it's pretty damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> basically, uh, basically any old black man oh, for so. with a with a toothpick with a t- yes. with L who's body on who's body hanging out in the corner too much. Exactly. That's kind of what it is. He acts like he in the hood. <laughs> even though Dusty is from LA. You know no what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh all right. So looking forward to that coming up for Hard Stock Life. Before we get to uh, the Cowboys and get to a couple of stories surrounding them or about them. Uh, big news in the NFL actually has a little connection to a lifetime Longhorn, Sam Ellinger. Frank Reich, his former head coach with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, was given his walking papers, relieved of duty today, gentlemen. Um, and if that wasn't the wildest part of the story, for a coach to be fired midseason, I guess is not that uh, crazy these days, not that wild. Uh, but Jeff <laughs> Saturday, yeah. yeah, Jeff Saturday. The one you're like, that Jeff Saturday? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Jeff him. Saturday. That's him. Former longtime Colts center Jeff Saturday has been named interim head coach. And he's going to name Dan Orlowski his uh, quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. Kidding. I was going to say, dude, <laughs> that's what please. I'm saying. This is what this say, please, is. Please, please, please let this happen. That would be, I would love that. I would love that. I, I would love that. That would be amazing. Uh, but, okay, to that point, though, do you guys remember – because the Texans, and Patrick will probably remember this, this is part of the reason he decided to you know, renounce his fandom with the Texans. Do you remember the Josh McCown uh, uh, talk? Yes. Whispers of the Texans. They yeah, were going to bring were, him in. They were deep because he's yeah. a man of faith as well. Exactly, right? Yep, they want to yep. be the Chick-fil-A of the NFL. Yep. They want to have a, a faith-based business model. Yep. And that Jack used to be was convincing him, hey, Josh McCown, mm-hmm. man of faith, bring him in. And they were, remember they were talking to him, grooming him as a head coach? Yes. Yes. Right? Do you remember yeah. this? Okay, I'm not making this up then. No, you're not. No. Okay, is this this is not which this is not as absurd as which one is more absurd? Are they same amount of absurdity that Jeff Saturday is taking over as the interim coach when Josh? Because they have very they don't I, have. I, I, I would say the, the Josh McCown's more because it was at the beginning of the season when there was multiple coaches you could go get. <laughs> okay, there's yeah. not as many coaches you can go get. Right. Yeah. I'm, so I agree with that. they're both absurd. This one, you're upset. at least like, hey man, look, we're trying to lose games. Just take it over. We, yeah. we're, we're already out of it. Hey, let's go lose some games. We won too many already, but we don't want to. We don't want to be in the pick to go get somebody good. Yeah. So it, that at least makes sense. But when you're starting the season, <laughs> no, no, would you? It both absurd. Trust me, I wasn't this, trying to justify what the Texans were doing. This is absurd. This is completely <laughs> yeah, absurd. It is absurd. I mean, right? it just yeah, makes no sense like, because here's the deal. 
But Patrick's right. Have, not as absurd as the Texans. Just wanted to make sure we got that right. Yeah, you've okay. made all these decisions that have bounced back and been awful for you. You went out and got a coach, and then you brought in five different quarterbacks that you're still paying after Andrew Luck left. They've actually had seven starting quarterbacks okay, seven since now. Frank Wright took over. <laughs> exactly. Like, total. Yeah. Yes. So you're sitting yeah. here, and you're creating this, and then you're going to say, I want Sam Ellinger, get, Sam Ellinger to get his shot. But, hey, by the way, I'm going to fire his offensive coordinator. I'm going to – the offensive line is awful. It's putrid. That is, in, that is a terrible offensive line. Mm. Oh, by the way, my top running back is not healthy. We're going to trade the backup running back for somebody else and bring in a running back who hadn't been playing. Yeah. And now you're trying to get this kid to go out there and you're bringing in a guy that wasn't even in the building? He has no shot, and I feel awful for Sam. Yeah. I feel awful. He got sacked nine times yesterday. That's no, it's, awful. It, it, they, they basically, I can't they, believe they're this bad no, now. No, they've, they've set him up for failure. There's yeah. no question. I'm not saying Sam's going to fail, but they're not doing him any favors at all. My point is they're setting him up for failure. And I've always said the quarterback position means something different for everybody. Like yes. For, for fans, it's hope, right? Quarterback means oh, the hope of a new day uh, for the you know for the – team or that, you know, freshly in the NFL, you're talking about professional, but for the team, it's usually the face of the franchise or the marketing and merchandising, right? Jersey sales yep. for the quarterback. For coaches, it's job security. Your quarterback is your job security. And the instability under center for the Colts essentially, in my opinion, kind of mirrored the instability of job security for Frank Reich. He, he never really had a, in my opinion, a stable uh Really, a stable situation at quarterback. Period. And it wasn't always his fault. I'm not saying it was on, it was his fault. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he should have stabilized that long ago. And the fact that he let he let it be a you know a carousel, musical chairs at quarterback, whatever it was, that was his undoing. Yeah, that was the end. That was the end of his. He's not. I don't think he's a bad coach. I really no, don't. he's not. He, he made the playoffs multiple times with these with all these different backup, different I mean, quarterbacks. other quarterbacks. Yeah. And probably should have made it more if if Carson Wentz. Then choke it off against mm-hmm. Jacksonville in the last Thank game you. last year. So he, I think he's a good coach. But yeah, man, you got to have stability at quarterback. If you're, if there is instability at quarterback uh, or uncertainty at quarterback, then your job is in jeopardy as a head coach. Yeah, for period. sure, that's for just sure. the way it works. And then you're bringing <laughs> again, you're bringing in so many different quarterbacks that there's no chemistry nope. with the team at all. Yeah. And then you're expected to go out there and run this offense that nobody obviously seems to understand because you don't have Jonathan Taylor back there. And Jonathan Taylor is probably looking at that line and saying, no, nah, dog, no, nah, I'm, I'm good right now. Sorry, Sam. Wish you best of luck, but I can't run behind this line. My number's going to look bad. Man. It's just a bad look it for is. Indianapolis. And I like that that organization as a whole. They've done some great things. Oh, they and they've have. had yeah. they've been in the mix. I mean, mm-hmm. you went from Peyton Manning to to Andrew Luck and then all of a sudden not, then the carousel started with everyone else. It's just it's just a tough, tough Tough thing for Sam. I feel awful for him. I do. Um, Sam. <clears throat> Sam's got uh, you know a tremendous amount of character, um, yeah. and he's been through, unfortunately, 
too much adversity for a young man his age, but he is he is accustomed to battling adversity. It's yeah. not, it really is. He's dealt he dealt with it here at Texas uh, before his time here at Texas in the NFL. So obviously this is something uh, that he can use to intrinsically motivate him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, at the NFL level, like I said, they're not doing the young man any favors. No, and you got to remember too, Matt Ryan. Uh, if he gets injured this year seriously, then he gets at like eighteen million on his contract guaranteed next season. That is not fully guaranteed right now. So, pretty good chance you're not seeing him come back in the Colts (laughs) uniform this year, Uh, no matter who the coach (laughs) is, that they're basically saying, all right, that Matt Ryan experiment is done. Uh, We don't want to pay him any more money. Right. So, we'll let Sam stay in. And then we'll hire an offensive lineman to hopefully get our offensive line to remember how to play football. It's just so bad. I, I, yeah. I swear to you, I just when I was watching that yesterday, can't believe it. I just was like, I could not understand what was happening. And every time we thought going into the game, though, we talked about it. That's Belichick that he's going to be going against. Times are going to be a little bit different. He's going to see so many different looks. It's going to be rough for him. I wasn't expecting him to get sacked nine times with no help. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't really have weapons None. to throw the football to either right now. So, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's to me. I, I think for for Sam, it's just going to be an uphill battle because I the front office. Because I, I agree with with Patrick. I think this is their way of mailing it in. Done. The rest of the season too. Bringing like, in Saturday. Yeah, like yep. they, they they're basically saying we're going to focus on the future. He's not going to be the coach there for mm-hmm. even if he wins out. They're not going to keep Jeff Saturday there. As well, the head if he coach. wins out, they're keeping him. You think so? <laughs> yes. If he uh, wins out, do you uh, understand how yeah. what a turnaround that would be? If this, I team, know, if this but, team wins out, you then you that, found the market, and everyone's hiring commentators to run their team. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, I just the I, odds I, of him winning out. What negative fifty? No, I know that's what I'm saying. If, if they happen to do that, yeah. I, st- I still don't think they would keep him. I still think no. you got to. Yeah. I think I think if he went five hundred, they wouldn't keep him. Let's you know, wait that. I, you know, it reminds me of remember the Raiders last year with Bisaccia. Yeah, and uh, yeah. making the playoffs, and they decided to move on from him. Probably was a mistake, but should have kept Bisaccia. <laughs> yeah. Now, in retrospect, instead of hiring Josh McDaniels, so uh, maybe you're onto something there. Uh, all right, let's get to the uh, the the Cowboys here because they are. Favorites on the road versus the Packers, who lost again oh my gosh. <laughs> to the Detroit Lions this time. So uh, another low for the Packers. By the way, the Packers are averaging. Oh, I saw this little fact. Go ahead, pull that up. That yeah, is so bad. It is. It's unbelievable, actually. Yes. It, it, they are averaging 17 points per game. Fewest through first nine games of the season since 1992, which was Brett Favre's first season with the team. Just so bad. And they're, they're not even fun to watch at all. No, they're not. I, I was watching that game because <laughs> – had them in a parlay because guess what? They were playing the Detroit Lions. Hey, man, don't be hating on my Lions, man. Well, Aaron Glenn mouth. got the game ball <laughs> yesterday. Dan Campbell was almost crying in the locker room. He gave Aaron Glenn the game ball because of how many times they turned him over in the red zone. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers was giving everybody and then mad at everybody on the sideline. I'm like, dude, you got fake hustle, man. That's exactly what you've yeah. turned yourself into. You've turned yourself into fake hustle because you obviously can't keep players around you. Nobody wants to play. He threw a pass to his offensive lineman, <laughs> and he underthrew the offensive lineman. That's why Aiden Hutchinson got the interception. It was so bad. And I'm just looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying, have you just have you mailed it in? Because last night he and – Tom Brady should have lost that game. Tom yeah, Brady Tom should have Brady, lost yeah. that game, too. He was lucky to win that He one. was lucky to win that game, and that was because of the ineffectiveness of the offense for uh, the Rams now. They are bad now. 
And yeah, he just had to like, get a first down and could close out that game. Then, <laughs> couldn't get a first down. Man, I Sean just McVay team can't get a first can't down. Can't get a first down. Yeah. That is bad. Yeah, it's crazy. That is bad. And that's why you saw some of the players in the locker room when they were getting interviewed, they were not happy because the defense played well enough to win the game. Well, on both not, sides of the ball. Yeah. Well, it's not hard to stop Tom Brady and company these days. Right. Because they can't run the ball. And they're dropping passes they're all over the place. Yeah, they're yeah. a one-dimensional team. But, they, I mean, Tom Brady, the the GOAT, once again, finds a way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, uh, they can try to get, get it together down there in Tampa Bay. But Green Bay, on the other hand, mm-hmm. uh, man, dark days might be ahead for them. Cowboys <laughs> are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. That's what scares me. <clears throat> on the road at Green Bay. Yeah, but Green Bay, that, like you just said, that that is bad. That is the way that they have been playing all the way around has been awful. And I just still don't understand what has happened with them. I know we talk about they don't have any weapons, it's, but yeah. But because remember they there's now a report they tried to trade for a Chase Claypool, tried to trade for Jerry Judy, uh just couldn't get it done. Much like the Cowboys, by the way, which we'll get to. But I'm curious I'm curious to why they've never had a a big time player at wide receiver? All those guys developed themselves into that. Well, apparently right? they had a huge offer out for Darren Waller. Yes, yeah, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, they had the a huge point. offer out yeah. trying to get them as a fra- uh, uh, franchise tight end. Which the last franchise tight end they had was maybe Jermichael Finley, probably. Which yeah. was our last franchise tight end at Texas too. <laughs> Very fair. No, got Very one now. Got, got one, one now. <laughs> JT, thanks, JT. It took a little while, took a little, but we got, got one, one now. now. You're right about yeah. that. Endangered species for a while in the 40 acres, man. Uh, but no, getting back to endangered. Species. It was. It was for a long time. Yeah. But uh, no, you're right, man. I've never seen. Uh, an Aaron Rodgers quarterback Packers team look this bad and this inept, this incompetent on offense, and they don't look like they have the uh, resilience to turn it around at this point. Uh, I don't really see a path for them, and I think that's why Patrick mentioned they tried to get Waller, they tried to get Jude Claypool, they tried to to get a lot of, they know they need something to turn it around. Their plan to have their running backs essentially supplement uh, the production in the passing game has not worked, and the development of those young wide receivers has not panned out for them either. And they thought when that O-line would get healthy, they were like, oh, our O-line, like Bakhtari and all them, when they get healthy, then we'll be fine. So we just need to get the pieces ready because the O line, and then the O line has never been healthy and never been good. Yeah. So if, when you lose that part, then everything falls apart. No, you're yeah. right. It just it, it ain't been pretty. It ain't been pretty at all for them. Uh, so they they got different issues than some of the other teams right now. Uh, but the Cowboys they're catching them at a good time or maybe at a dangerous time. Yep. Yeah. Maybe backs up against the wall. That's where I'm. That's that where guy, I'm, yeah. I'm nervous about that <laughs> part of it. Got to lose at this point, right? Yeah. And and Aaron Rodgers loves this type of atmosphere. Right? He does. He thrives because now this type he's of sitting there and he everybody nobody, doubting him. Exactly. Everybody talking trash talking, on him. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm just sitting there looking at this game, and I, I, as I look at the Cowboys and what they're capable of doing, coming off the bye week and watching what how bad. This was the film can lie to you and get you tricked away, right? So you're looking at it and say, oh, man, we're, you could take it a little bit easy because they don't have anything that can match with us. No, 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 no. Go out there and keep that work because this is the NFL and things can flip quickly. Speaking of, how about this? So, so me, people thought that Jerry Jones was referring to the trade deadline when he kept talking about, you know, they got something in the works. Um, there's now belief that he wasn't talking about the trade deadline. We just assumed that he was mm-hmm. talking about the trade deadline because it was around the trade deadline um, that he was making those comments. There's belief now that he may have been talking about Odell Beckham Jr. Talk about it. 
Okay, so the Cowboys not only tried to acquire Brandon Cooks, as we know, Nick Casario mm-hmm. screwed it up, gave Brandon Cooks an extension for no reason at all last offseason for two years for $40 million, way too expensive for an aging wide receiver, and he wanted a second and a fourth for Brandon Cooks, and he wanted the Cowboys to pay all that money. Mm-hmm. Bad deal. Glad the Cowboys passed on that. That was just stupid. So anyway, they also had uh, interest in Jerry Judy. Um, that didn't work out. Apparently they couldn't uh, make a deal on Jerry Judy to the Cowboys. I would have loved to have seen that, though. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that would have, have been nice and sexy. Uh, so Jerry Judy probably would have cost them a second-round pick, reportedly, and they didn't want to pay the second-round pick. I understand that. Uh, yeah. Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo, though, have reported recently that the Cowboys have expressed serious interest in Odell Beckham Jr., and he is, quote, firmly in the Cowboys' sights and, quote, on their radar. Now, after his ACL injury last year, um, the team has done regular checks in on him uh, to figure out if he could be ready. And they're also Jay Glazer reporting that he could be medically cleared this week. Mm. And that may be. Um, the addition that or the acquisition that, that Jerry was referring to. On. Yeah, that, yeah, maybe that was it, Art. Maybe. You want a wide receiver. You've been saying uh, you yep. want another addition at wide out. We definitely need another wide receiver, somebody that can offset what's going on with CeeDee Lamb. Who's going to – is Michael Gallup. Does he look like he's 100%? I still think he's favoring a little bit. I think you're right. Jalen Tolbert hadn't done anything mm-hmm. as a as a rookie and Noah Brown is coming off of an injury. I mean, he, he hadn't played since he got that flip on the goal line. Yeah, and we don't know what James Washington is going to be this year And we don't know what James either. Washington's going to oh, be. So, so there's – I know he's been using the the tight ends a lot more. He's been going with different personnel. We've been talking about uh, Pollard, how they're going to yeah, use him and what's going to happen there. There's so many things that still need to be answered, but the main thing is the wide receiver position. There needs to be one more threat for you to feel like you can really make that 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 push yeah. for a championship run. Well, yeah, because I know you, it's still early. No, but, I totally agree with you though. Yeah. You're right because listen, the offense is doing fine right now, and I love what Kelly Moore is doing, even though Hart won't give him any props and shit. <laughs> Not yet. But you want to present the offense or the defense with a mathematical equation they cannot solve. Football is just a numbers game. They got stacked the box to stop your running game because run, your run game's been that damn good, especially with Dak in the mix. Now they're using Dak's legs a little bit mm-hmm. with Zeke and with Tony Pollard at full at full go. If they got to stack the box to stop that running game and you're that focused on it, then that means CeeDee Lamb gets one-on-one and it means your wide receivers across the board can get one-on-one coverage. If CeeDee Lamb can become a true wide receiver one, mm-hmm. a true guy that demands a double team and has gravity, then you really have the you know incalculable mathematical equation because it's impossible to stack the box, double him, and also double anybody else in that offense. That means you got one-on-one across the board, mm-hmm. and that's ideally, as an offensive coordinator, what you want. You Ooh. can just... You know, you can manipulate and you can also kind of build in and bake in one on ones within your offense. That's what he's trying to do. And you're right, you need another wideout to do that. You do. Because right now, I'm with you, Gallup, uh, he, ha- he doesn't he present just, that kind of threat right now. Right. He's he just kind of like looks like he's not comfortable. Yeah. You know what hard, I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that, that may, you know, the mental aspect of it coming off that injury, mm-hmm. every cut you make, and especially I haven't looked at his past or looked at his injury history, but sometimes. When, when it's your first time, you don't know how to act. If you've never been injured before, you don't understand what it's like to go through the rehab. That's true. To get back on the field to go yeah. be yourself because you don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I had to talk to my son about it. You know, it's like, dude, just go play and go be you 
Because if you keep thinking about it, it's not going to be the same. You're going to be a little hesitant. You're mm-hmm. not going to be as sharp, and you're thinking about that instead of being quick. And it was the first time he had ever been injured. Yep. I, on the other hand, had been injured multiple times, so I knew it. what it was all about. Wife had both of her legs. She had two ACLs on both mm-hmm. of them. I mean, you know, so she's going through it. So we had to work through that. But yep. for Michael Gallup, it looks like he's still – He's not running as sharp. He's not, yeah. yeah. I, I wish he could get over it, and he may yeah. have. The, the bye week might have come at yeah, the right I mean, time. Because you also got to remember, he misses training camp, yeah. basically. He misses yeah. all of those yep. to get all those reps. Yep. And you're kind of – he's playing a newer position because he was wide receiver three for a few years. Mm-hmm. Now he's moving into the wide receiver two. And when CD's on the bench, he's wide receiver one, yep. where you're getting just guarded a lot differently. So I think there is maybe the bye week will give him, hey, man, get some more reps in practice yep. with Dak and kind of get a little bit better feel for it. No, that's a good it. point there. Yeah. Um, all right, hey, let me tell you real quick about uh, Dr. Greg Eckert before we get a break here. Dr. Greg Eckert and his wonderful team over there uh, doing wonderful work for you, no matter what your uh, dental needs or concerns are. If you have any concerns about your dental health, you need to visit Dr. Greg Eckert. Uh, Dr. Greg Eckert with a U, by the way, and the U is appropriate because it stands for you because he's all about you. He's all about the de- uh, the patient. He's all about providing you with the best quality dental care available, whether it be general dentistry or teeth whitening or dentures, porcelain crowns, veneers, dental implants, full mouth reconstruction, even root canal therapy, whatever it takes to ensure you're getting the best quality dental care available. That's what Dr. Greg Eckert and his team are all about. And every time I go visit Dr. Greg Eckert, he's all about, you know, making sure that he's on the cutting edge of all the technological advances in dentistry so he can provide you with the best care. And right now, Dr. Eckert can give you a brand new smile in just one day, permanently secured to your dental implants. We're talking about no time spent without teeth. You'll get temporary fixtures until they can complete your permanent smile. And then you'll smile again with confidence and eat freely without pain or discomfort. We're talking about a lifelike permanent solution. So if you've been told your teeth need to be replaced, call Dr. Eckert today. It's a complimentary consultation so you got nothing to lose and everything to gain and you can learn about this revolutionary alternative to dentures a brand new smile in just one day i know it sounds too good to be true it's not it's just dr greg eckert with a u 512-345-3166 that's 512-345-3166 or visit dreckert.com d-r-u-e-c-k-e-r-t.com all right, we'll come back. What you got coming up for the people on Harsh Knock Life? Dusty Baker, World Series champion Go-to. as a manager. Yeah. yeah How sweet it, it is. How we'll talk about that when we come back for Harsh Knock Life. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put another horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And you can follow my man, Patrick Davis, the man behind the glass, at It's Patrick Davis. You can also we you can also be a part of the show, and we love it when you are, because you've been hitting us up all day on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And I want to get into this because <clears throat> as we set back this past weekend and watch the Astros win the World Series. Astros. There you go. Um, for the second time. And we've talked about everything that happened back in the day where everyone was upset with them. They were calling them cheaters. They've been trash cans. And everybody had something to say. 
They ended up losing their manager. They ended up being fined. There are so many things that went on. And as they lost their manager, A.J. Hinch, everybody was trying to figure out what's going to happen with this team. And they bring in this man who's been around the game for such a long time. And you tried to figure it out. So Dusty Baker has played and been around professional baseball for over 50 years. He, He played in the big leagues from 1968 to 1986 before getting into coaching. Hmm. Dusty Baker made the World Series as a manager in 2002 with the Giants, and he made it in 2021, obviously, with the Houston Astros, but he didn't win those two times. So Dusty Baker also won a World Series ring in 1981 Hmm. when he was on the Dodgers, and the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series. So he has a World Series ring as a player, but everybody was trying to figure out, if is he the right guy to get him over the hump? And if you listen to the players and you see exactly how they act around him and him smiling with that toothpick, those gloves, <laughs> and the wristbands. The wristbands are the I thing know. for me. I mean, the, th- the wristbands. No, he's, he's going, he, he's in the mirror for, yeah. a, for a few minutes. Oh, yeah, he's getting, the, getting the wristbands right. Yeah, oh, style. Which I ain't mad at. I'm just yeah. saying, you know he's intentional. And the, and the wristbands got his picture on them. That's the beautiful thing about no, it. No, yeah, they don't. Don't. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the beautiful thing wow. about Dusty Baker. Man, if he wasn't mine, I'd make fun of him. <laughs> if, he wasn't, if he wasn't mine, I'd make fun of him. Oh, Dusty that's, got them wristbands. Got the wristbands. Yeah. And that's got his hey, picture he on He wanted mine. I did not know the picture oh, was yeah. on there. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, yeah. So he's getting these specially made? They, they used to make those for everybody. Everybody in the big leagues at one point, they had wristbands with their face on them. And that's why after games, wow. they would throw them up in the stands and people would get them. Okay. And so it was a, man, one of those marketing about things. ego. Hey, man. Wow. Sometimes you got to love me some me. <laughs> hey, if you don't love what? yourself, who does? How is that not calling it football? Because football guys are egomaniacs. I can see all the wide receivers wearing themselves. Oh, that's part of the wardrobe. <laughs> that's part of his wardrobe. <laughs> you know, DeMarco and Overshow that pictures of themselves oh, yeah. all over oh, himself. Oh, you know that. You know what old straps. Right? Old Come straps. on, man. But yes. That's great. Dusty Baker. I did not know that. Has been in this <laughs> game for over 50 years as a player and a manager, and he's gone mm. into all of these different um, teams and had yeah. different personalities and had all these different uh, ways of going about his business and never really got the true credit that he deserved mm. as a manager. You know, people always talk about, oh, we love Dusty Butt. We love Dusty Butt, mm-hmm. especially in this game because he became, with him winning the World Series, he became the third manager, black manager, to win a World Series. Baseball has been played since 1886. They haven't had this going on in baseball. You look at Dave Roberts, Cito mm-hmm. Gaston when he was Dave Roberts with the the, the Dodgers, and Cito Gaston when he was with the um, Toronto Blue Jays. Those are the only two. That's crazy. Before Dusty Baker hmm. got this this past weekend. And you go through baseball and you listen to people talk about what Dusty brings to the table and the people that um, will sit in the locker room and get those moments. Yep. Like Dusty Baker had moments with each one of his players throughout his career. And that is why these guys wanted to play so hard for him. You don't. He's 73 years old. You don't know how much longer – 
Dusty is wanting to be a manager Man, in this game. Seriously. But he had the best attitude. You see him. We question him all the time about some of the moves that he made. Why did he leave McCullers in the game? He told McCullers, you have to wear this one for the team. I got to wow. leave you out there. That's, that's, and they, nice. they had to do it hmm. because you wanted to make sure that that bullpen, who, by the way, had a 0.83 ERA throughout this uh, postseason. Best ever. Best ever, ever in the game. Ever. He managed that perfectly. When you had Verlander and he had that opportunity, you saw when Verlander finally was in position to get that win. Mm-hmm. The hug in the dugout and the embrace with Dusty because Dusty told him, you're my guy. I'm going to stay with you. Even though people are going to give me crap about it, you're going to be able to to smile mm-hmm. one day at the end of this. Right. And everybody's going up to him and saying, we're going to do this for you. And he told him, hey, man, do it for yourselves, too, because we all going to enjoy this party. That's what's up. We're all going to enjoy this party. We remember at the very beginning of the season, people were questioning him, uh, is this Pena kid going to be it? What are you going to do with the center field position? You got opportunities to go and get these free agents. What What's next for you? Uh, Verlander coming back from that injury. Is this going to be it? Everybody knew that this team was talented, especially Dusty. Dusty knew he stayed the course the entire time. And you just sit back and you look at his career and what he was able to do and how many games he coached and all the teams. And he was the perfect person to come in to replace A.J. Hinch when everybody was coming after the Astros. He's like, hold up, hold up. Y'all need to take it easy. We got these, you know. <laughs> hey, there's been a lot of things in this game that I have seen. Hmm. You can't say this. You can't say that. He's done a lot. His managerial record, 2,000 wins, 2,093 wins, hundred. I mean, uh, 1,700 losses, 1,790 to be exact. Oh, He's got a 53% winning percentage as a major league manager. He's managed the Giants. He's managed the Cubs. He's managed the Reds. He managed the Nationals, and now he's the manager for the Houston Astros, where he now can call himself a World Series champion. He was a NL, he was a NLCS MVP in 1977. He was a gold glove winner in 1981. He won two silver sluggers, and he was manager of the year three times. Give hmm. Dusty his flowers now. Oh, by the way, and I know I've told this story before, when Hank Aaron hit the home run that passed Babe Ruth. Yeah, this is crazy. Dusty Baker was on deck, <laughs> giving him a high five, probably with a two-pick in, ready <laughs> to party with him. He, he says the story all the time that he was raised in the big leagues by Ralph Gard Sr., who I played with Ralph Gard Jr., and he was raised by Hank Aaron. Those guys put him under his wing, and they took care of him the entire time. So he was very proud when he finally got that win. And if you haven't seen the video of him in the dugout. No, the the dancing was great. I was like, oh, wow. But just to (laughs) let you know about his detail and how how meticulous he was with it, the ball was hit up in right field. Mm -hmm. Tucker's running to it. Everybody's sitting there ready to party. Dusty's in his scorebook writing F9 down because he was that detail-oriented. And he wanted to make sure that he kept a perfect scorebook. Mm. That's what it's all about. That is why I'm so happy for him because this guy has seen everything in this game. The good, the bad when he was 
playing in the big leagues with Hank Aaron where he saw the hate mail that Hank was getting, yep. the all the road trips where they couldn't go certain places because of the way that the world was living mm-hmm. at that time, to now he's grown up in this game. He's raised a lot of guys. He's probably coached half the kids' players, I mean parents, <laughs> you know, within mm-hmm. this organization or coached against some of them, and he continues to be the leader of that organization. As I told you, he came in when the world was on their back. You've been talking about it, Rod, how everybody hates the Astros they like the now. Yankees. They do now. But they've had my man Dusty Baker, cool hand Luke, <laughs> sitting in there with the two-pick, the batting gloves, and, of course, his wristbands. But I do have a question for y'all. Wow. His real name is not Dusty Baker. Mm. What do you think his real name is? Did you see this? I have not. His, uh, he's an old black man, too. Oh, so oh, OG. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It could man. be anything, I know, right? I know. It could be anything, man. You could be anything from old Lester or something. <laughs> you know, it could be, be anything, You close, man. though. What you close. It? It's Johnny. 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 Johnny B. Okay. Johnny B. He's a Johnny. Dusty Baker Jr. Is he a John like a Jonathan? No, or it's Johnny. Like Johnny is the name, not Jonathan. No. Johnny. Not John, and we call him Johnny? Johnny. Like, on the birth certificate, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, that that's like, it's like Larry Bird. <laughs> he's Lawrence Bird. His name is Larry, Larry. Bird. Larry <laughs> that Bird. It's a white version of that. <laughs> it's a good point. It's like, Lawrence? No, no. no Larry. Is Larry. 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 Straight up. Larry. Hey, what's your kid? What's that one-year-old's name? Larry. <laughs> That's a great point. He was a he was a one year old Larry at one point. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. What's his name? One year old Bobby. No, is the name Robert or is his name Bobby? No, yeah, no, it's my name is Bobby. Oh, man, yeah. that's crazy. Dusty basically has been the Forrest Gump of absolutely of baseball. You know how you always talk about the <laughs> three degrees of separation yeah. or six degrees of mm-hmm. separation. Dusty Baker is the yeah. he is that he is that. I've had friends yeah. who have been to his vineyard out in California wow. that have drank with him and didn't know anything about the baseball. You know what I'm saying? Just like, as a, knew him as a vineyard as guy. As a vineyard guy. He's <laughs> like, no, nah, man, I'm a professional baseball manager. That is great. You know, it's just, yeah. it's a good story. And I'm glad that we have this happy ending for him mm-hmm. because this is one of those guys that truly deserve to have a World Series championship because he's such a good manager, even when everyone is questioning him. Yeah, no, man, that's good stuff. I did not. That's something I didn't know about. I, two things I didn't know about Dusty. Yep. Didn't I know at one point he wore wristbands with his own face on them? Yep. And did not know his actual legal name is Johnny. 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 With I E at the end of it, <laughs> not even a Y. He don't so have a Y. It's he's, I-E. he's a real life Johnny B. He's a real life Johnny B. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Johnny B. Johnny B. Johnny B. Yeah, Johnny B. Oh, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, I love that. Love hearing stuff about Dusty. Uh, Yeah, and the texter uh, says here, they agree. They said, uh, love you, Rod. So uh, with you, if he wasn't mine, I'd be clowning for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I think we'd all clown Dusty if he wasn't ours, but Dusty's ours, baby. That's somebody uncle out there, grandpa (laughs) out there. What's up, Paul? How many managers walk up on the post game when they're on the podium? Getting the trophy, and they go, What's next for you, Dustin? He goes, The party! <laughs> <laughs> and how old is Dustin again? 73. Wow. OG out there getting it in yeah. still, man. Years young, too, yeah. man, because he's got a youthful uh, yep. kind of uh, energy about him. Yep. Um, and I obviously still uh, able to relate to all those guys in that dugout. Yep. All right. Thanks, Hard, for the Harsh Knock Life. We come back, we got to talk about a great Houstonian, another great Houstonian, uh, Mattress Mac. And uh, Mattress Mac, hey, you know what? But good things, yep. all right, come to those who are gracious and unselfish. Mattress Mac is certainly that.
that, and he is uh, cashing in a hell of a check today. And cussing people out in Philly still. Uh, you know what? <laughs> we, all, we all lose grace every now and then. That's exactly. okay. That's okay. I all love right? it. Uh, he, I love he, it. He admitted that he lost it there for a while, but he said it was only for the strolls. Yeah. He said, I lost it because they talk bad on my strolls. That's right. Hey, man. Represent. I, I, he just got more street cred. Exactly. Like, it's like when V.Y. punched that dude at the strip club. Exactly. Throwing the horns down. We're like, you shouldn't have done that, V.Y., but I love you for it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll come right back with Off the Record right here on Ball Don't Lie, Water for the Horn. D.D. Megadoodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. And gentlemen, Mattress Mac, the legend, a modern-day saint in H-Town, um, <laughs> he is cashing in Man. on a 75, an estimated, I guess they don't know, but they said this $75 million payout on his bet mm-hmm. for the Astros. I think he bet, he put $3 million on the Astros to win the World Series at 10 to 1. Uh, along with another million yep. at win bet too. Mm-hmm. Then later in the season, he dropped two million at bet G bet MGM at five to one, with another two million at Barstool. Finally, he spent one million each at Unibet and Betfred, uh, but no book will pay out more than Caesars, who takes a thirty million dollar hit. But total, all those bets. Yeah, the man the man likes to bet. Uh, all those bets are going to totally pay out guys of close to $75 million, uh, given Mattress Mac um, the largest payout in U.S. sports betting history. History. Wow. Think about that. $75 million. $75 million. And that is so $30 a- million is the biggest uh, bet. Single bet, right? But then all of it together, seventy five million. Thirty million still. I'm not trusting. I mean, them. yeah, I'm like I, I'm not sneezing at that. And all the people <laughs> that that bought furniture, it's all free for you now. You're getting a check back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's yeah. how he hedge it. Yeah, you're right that's about how he that. It. Yeah, that's well. Ed's, he's been doing that for years, man. It's a smart move by him. But seventy five yeah. million dollar payout. Seventy five million. The rich get richer, and uh, I would say, hey, Mattress Mac, he deserves it though. He, he's very gracious with his money. Especially oh yeah. In H-Town. Oh yeah. Uh, does a really good job. So he's, shout out he's, to Mattress he's Mac. there for the people for sure. Uh, no, he is. He let people stay there during the hurricane. Yeah, he did. Come and stay here. And Joel Osteen wouldn't open up his place. And Joel Osteen Church is the former summit. Yeah. Uh, where the, exactly. Oh, it used to be. Ro- yeah. No, no, it was. To... And then they, they went they to a bigger a new place. One now, the now, summit wasn't Lake big Wood enough. Now. They went to another place. Oh, yeah. No, so he did the summit for a while, yeah. but it was, it was not big enough. Okay. So he built a bigger place. Wow. A bigger place than, than the summit. Yes. Yeah. Where uh, the Rockets used to play. <laughs> one championship. One championship. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Mattress Mac. Uh, once again, uh, man, showing you that um, if you put your money where your mouth is, you can win a lot of straight cash, homie. Love it. Uh, the uh, One of the other uh, stories that uh, you sent to us, Arj, was a, and we'll talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers, obviously, this week because the Cowboys are facing the Green Bay Packers on the road at Green Bay. Uh, but apparently Lil Wayne is no longer an Aaron <laughs> Rodgers fan. He is not an Aaron Rodgers fan, and – He's fed up. He's fed up with Aaron Rodgers and all of his nonsense. He's not the only one. 
You're right. You ain't doing You're one. right. A lot of people fed up with what that. What was he smoking? That ashwagandha or whatever it was that called? That ayahuasca. Aw- ayahuasca. That ayahuasca, man. Ashwagandha is in my uh, <laughs> CBD. Just That good stuff, that man. Good, that good, good. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I sit here and I look at this and I'm just, I just don't understand the fall from grace for Aaron Rodgers. And this is something that he pretty much did to himself, right? If Lil, so Lil Wayne a Green Bay fan? Oh, yeah, yeah. Lil Wayne's from New Orleans. But Lil Wayne has been a Green Bay Packer fan yeah, his seem right, entire So wait, wait. Life. Is he a Green Bay Packers fan because of Brett Favre or because Aaron Rodgers? Because that's the two reasons you're a Green Bay Packers fan. It just doesn't seem right, doesn't so, I don't know. I don't, I don't know who he's tied to. But he's a huge Packers fan. I, I can give me he's a Packers fan. I'm just saying yeah. he might have become a Packers fan because of Aaron Rodgers, and now he's throwing Aaron Rodgers under the bus. He did right. say RIP. He tweeted out RIP to the season. We should have gotten rid of 12 <laughs> before the season. Either that or he's a he's a Brett Favre fan, and that's not a great position to have anymore right now. Yeah, I would do. I I, I assumed Weezy was a little, was a New Orleans fan. Weezy F baby, please don't say Packers. I mean, he's not part of it no more. So I guess oh, is he like Patrick Nige renounced his fandom of the Packers? He's gonna go back to being a Saints fan. Hey, hey, he I might not be. do it because of bad seasons. I stuck around for plenty of bad seasons with the Texans. <laughs> well, no, 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 that's true. Good point. No, no, you, you're a man of great character. You're a fan of good character. He was like, um, I'm over that. But Wheezy, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even know he was an Aaron Rodgers fan. Because yeah. I'm with Patrick. I don't think you're a Green Bay fan. I think you're more of an Aaron Rodgers fan. You if it's Aaron Rodgers, right. to be a Brett Green Favre, Bay fan, it, or if it was when he was younger, it was Brett Favre. Yeah. So yeah, that's like that's be, your right? two guys. Yeah. It would have to be because of that. Because he it, I haven't heard the reason why, but he has been a Green Bay Packer fan. Every time you see him with Skip and Shannon, he's talking about the Green Bay Packers. He's been talking about them for a long time. Who's his basketball team? Whoever LeBron plays for? Who's his basketball team? Do we know that? No. I would like to know. Now I need to know my because uh, Drake doesn't have really a team. He's no. a droopy. Drake roots for any team that's balling that's out of control. Winning. He's, he's, roots for, he's a Raptors fan, I think, first and foremost. But then he's, he's still, I think he's ownership of Raptors. So maybe the only team he'll root for that he doesn't really share his fandom with is the Raptors. Maybe. Yeah. You no, know, you'll, you'll see. Does him he have a root. CFL team? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. He's a Canadian. Yeah, so maybe, maybe he's got a CFL. Hopefully, ooh, hopefully it's the Tiger Cats because that's also the former Tiger Cats. Right? I would love for him to Hamilton. be a Tiger. He's probably he's probably an organized fan now. Toronto. Probably. Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a guy all about the six. Uh, uh, yeah, I like probably that. so. Uh, oh, okay. First of all, and other, we, we haven't talked about this too, but the most, or the least, maybe I say the least talked about uh, seven and one team in the NFL. The Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Nobody talks about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, no, not Kirk, at all. Remember Kirk, I told you it was part of my, my, my power rankings? They're up there, but no, they like it because nobody's talking about them. Nobody's talking. Kirk Cousins is now no. dancing on planes with oh, gold yeah. chains Iced on. out. Iced out. Iced out. Hey, don't shortchange the, the ice. Yeah, he's swagged out. You know what I mean? So watching out for Minnesota now. Um, that's something too. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know Weezy was a Green Bay fan. Yeah. Random. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll talk Texas football. Apparently, there's some recruiting buzz that uh, we got to let you guys know about. We'll get into that, too, coming up on the other side. But also, we'll review Texas beating K-State on the road. Big win. First top 15 win for Sark. Second true road win uh, in his tenure here at Texas. Big move uh, and big moment for them. Uh, So we'll talk about that. Also, we'll hear from Sark in his Monday presser. Mm -hmm. We'll also hear from him from the post game that he had this past weekend. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.